O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me, and bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 17 on page 358. Hear the right, O Lord, consider my complaint, and hearken unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence, and let thine eyes look upon the thing that is equal. Thou hast proved and visited mine heart in the night season. Thou hast tried me and shalt find no wickedness in me. For I am utterly purposed that my mouth shall not offend. As for the works of men, by the word of thy lips I have kept me from the ways of the destroyer. O hold thou up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, O God, for thou shalt hear me, incline thine ear to me, and hearken unto my words. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, thou that art the Savior of them which put their trust in thee, from such as resists thy right hand. Keep me as the apple of an eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. From the ungodly that trouble me, mine enemies compass me round about to take away my soul. They are enclosed in their own fat, and their mouth speaketh proud things. They lie waiting in our way on every side, watching to cast us down to the ground. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, and as it were a lion's whelp lurking in secret places. Up, Lord, disappoint him and cast him down. Deliver my soul from the ungodly by thine own sword. Yea, by thy hand, O Lord, from the men of the evil world, which have their portion in this life, whose bellies thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They have children at their desire, 
and leave the rest of their substance for their babes. But as for me, I shall uphold thy presence in righteousness, and when I awake up after thy likeness, I shall be satisfied. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the sixteenth chapter of the second book of Samuel. When David was a little past the top of the mountain, there was Ziba the son, the servant of Mephibosheth, who met him with a couple of saddled donkeys, and on them two hundred loaves of bread, one hundred cluster of raisins, one hundred summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, What do you mean to do with these? So Ziba said, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. Then the king said, And where is your master's son? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is staying in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will restore the kingdom of my father to me. So the king said to Ziba, Here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you, that I might find favor in your sight, my lord, O king. Now when King David came to Behurim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out cursing continuously as he came. And he threw stains, stones at David and all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Also Shimei said thus when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty men, you rogue. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil, because you are a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai, son of Zechariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What do I have to do with you, the sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse. For so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction, that the Lord will repay me for good for his cursing for this day. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went, threw stones at him, and kicked up dust. Now the king and all the people who were with him became weary, so they refreshed themselves there. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. So it was when Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! So Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, 
No, but whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel choose, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his Son? As I have served in your Father's presence, so will I be in your presence. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of Second Corinthians. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of condemnation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. You are manifestly an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were hardened, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image, from glory to glory, just, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people 
hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall to no sin, neither unto any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Amen. Good morning to all. We have uh, in today's lesson from Second Samuel a kind of um, epitome of David's um, humility and repentance when he reaches the top of the Mount of Olives and this um, uh, man comes, um, Shimei, to curse him and uh, yelling at him uh, all kinds of things that, that are uh, the enemies of David probably always thought, you know, people, when people, uh, you're in, in a position of authority, they can't say it. And then the, when they're free to say it, it all comes out. David's a bloodthirsty man. He did this. He did that. Um, and um, it recalls uh, the image of the crucifixion as well. Our Lord, uh, the son of David, going to the cross with people yelling at him and <clears throat> cursing him and saying, yeah, look at you now, you know, who, who are you now? And, and so in this, in this, the, the, the David reveals himself to be, remember, he's paused at the top of Mount of all at the Mount of Olives to pray. And then that was kind of this time when Hushai came in, who will become instrumental in the overthrow of Absalom. But here he has an opportunity to respond to this cursing with with you know with vengeance and he has these warriors who who uh looking you know you see these fighting men as this guy's cursing you know they're used to killing people for 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 not much provocation so he'd love to go and you know just take the guy's head off and david says no uh he understands that god has has told him this would be a consequence of what he's done and so david fully embraces it and uh, is willing to to continue on to not take it into his own hands to withdraw into the wilderness again, which is interesting, going into the wilderness, a time of, of renewal for him, of repentance, of, of experiencing chastisement for what he's done, and will wait for God to restore him in his good time. And that's, that's a model for us in the spiritual life, that when things come upon us, we experience consequences to bear them patiently and humbly and trust God not to take matters into our own hands uh, to respond and to accept, uh, you know, not to need to respond to everything everybody says. It relates to the New Testament lesson in, in that an overarching theme of the Corinthian correspondence, <clears throat> and it comes out in Second Corinthians, is that there's there's a lot of personal attack on St. Paul, who, who wrote this correspondence. And the, the attack on him is that... Um, you know, essentially, he's not a very impressive speaker. You know, we see these epistles that are really amazing in terms of their depth of thought. But when he got up in the congregation to give the sermon, it was like, oh, this guy. And, you know, and in Corinth, which is a Greek city used to skilled orators who could really, you know, get up and, and, and give a speech. Paul was like, and it was, says one Corinthians, says his, his written word is really powerful. But in, in person, he's just kind of weak and contemptible. And um, Paul is going to make this just, you know, this is what he says today, do we need letters of commendation? But <clears throat> he talks about the activity of the spirit. The way he's going to draw out today and in, into tomorrow's reading is that the evidence of the spirit is not the outward and visible. Look how impressive this is. You know, Moses' face outwardly was impressive after he looked at saw God and bore the commandments that shone as he went in to see God, but that glory faded away. And that, that was the 
emblematic of the fading glory of the Old Testament. The New Testament, St. Paul says, is an interior glory. We remember that in the Gospels, the glory of Jesus is the cross. That's why in the Creed, when we stand up, when he says, crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, um, that's, as Jesus is lifted up, that's his glory. And the, so bearing our sins, the glory of the cross. And St. Paul says the glory of the gospel is seen in our humiliation because through our humble, um, through, the, through our humility and our weakness, the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to do his work in us. And as we say tomorrow, the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. And so things that look outwardly not impressive or what God uses, because only when we become weak in that worldly way do we really turn to God in true dependence, and that opens us up for the Holy Spirit to come in in a powerful way and do his work and raise us up. And and so that ties into David, who is his weakest place now, is actually, because he's embracing the reality of the discipline God has put upon him, this is the work of God is in him that's going to, in due course, bring David back. Whereas if he had not accepted this <clears throat> and rebelled against it and took on the battle, uh, it wouldn't go so well for him. So this is the model of, 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 repent, of repentance and humility, embracing the afflictions of life with grace and allowing God to do his work in us. And as we do that, God, in his due time, raises us up and restores us. And that's how the spirit works in us. Our weakness opens us to the spirit and allows the spirit of God to do his work in us in a more powerful way. A couple thoughts about today's lessons. <clears throat> we'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we only be CC for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, 
for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Thank you, Deacon John. Thank you, Bishop Starlet. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.